A solo podcast episode is on the way just for you. Now on my honeymoon, I wasn't exactly thinking about the Art of Money Saving podcast while saying my vows next to the church pew, with a renewed sense of responsibility as the listeners tune in from all around the world. Trying to talk sense in a society that finds the idea of financial independence absolutely absurd. But today we're talking about how to overcome feeling guilty about spending your hard-earned money. Go to your podcast provider and leave me a review to give me the art of money-saving butterflies in my tummy. Hello, my name is Joshua and you've tuned into the theartofmoneysaving.com podcast, the place where creatives come to learn a little bit more about personal finance. So today's episode is a solo one, so I am the special guest. You're stuck with me, guys. But we're talking about the very interesting topic of guilt and spending money. Now, this is something that resonates with me very much so, and I'm looking forward to sharing my thoughts with you. Do stay tuned. So I'm going to let you into a bit of a podcast secret before every single episode starts recording. No matter where in the world that the guest is from, I always say to my guests, it's just like we're having a lovely cup of tea, very informal, just keep the chat going and that's absolutely fine. And to be honest, I'm kind of reminding myself of that today because after so long of each week interviewing new guests, suddenly it feels rather exposed to be here sat on my own. But I've got a drink at my side just here. I'm going to prove it to you with that. Mm. I hope you can hear that on the microphone. And I've made some some notes. And this topic of guilt and spending money is very applicable to my own life. And it's something that I definitely wanted to speak about when I was brainstorming ideas of, of what I could speak about. This really popped out to me. And it's a weird one because when we think about society, and a lot of folks are living beyond their means, whether they're in debt, buying the latest tech and houses and all these kind of things. It's That's a case of living beyond your means and lifestyle inflation, all those kind of things. But what about the, the opposite side of things? So when you actually have saved your money and you have multiples of your annual salary or what it is, whatever it is, but you still don't feel that you can actually spend that money without feeling a sense of, of shame or, or guilt. And I know, speaking to people in the finance community, that people definitely feel this way. And I've somewhat gone through a, a personal journey myself, so I wanted to kind of state what the problem is, what the solution for for me is and how best I can challenge you to go away from listening to this podcast and to put this into action how to really change your your behavior and the way that you're approaching this if you are someone that is guilty about spending money so let's state the problem the personal finance community I would say more so the FIRE community. Financial independence retire early. These guys are saving anywhere up to 80% of their income. So that is excessive, extreme frugality. And credit to those guys that are able to do that. I mean, first of all, you have to have an income where you're you're able to, to live off 20% of, of, of your salary effectively. 
And there's, there's very few people that can do that, I think, in, in the UK. You have to have certainly a heck of a lot of money to do that. But I think my problem with the FIRE community is it's not just like a tap, is it? It's not switch on, switch off. Our behaviours affect how we think. They affect our relationships, how we interact with people. And if you're someone that says, right, I'm going for FIRE, financial independence, retire early, for, for those hearing this for the second time, this acronym, then it might take you 10, 15 years. And my my challenge to, to those going at 80% savings rate is, will you really be able to, when you reach that point of, okay, I have X amount in my net worth, can you then turn that over into, okay, now I'm going to start spending that, that money? And I would personally would find that really, really difficult, which is why I think for someone like myself, my savings rate isn't that high. And I always, always am striving for that, that, that balance. And let's think about stereotypes. So one of the stereotypes that, that comes back to me when you're not being generous with your money or you're saving your money very, very diligently is the idea of Scrooge. This is very popular in the UK. So, oh man, you're such a Scrooge. And I mean, for, for those of you who don't know the story, Scrooge is it's from the, the, the Christmas Carol, the, the story, Charles Dickens. And Scrooge is a character and he saves his money and he counts all of his pennies. And he has a very, very hardened heart. And I think most of us would agree that we don't particularly want to be a Scrooge, do we? <laughs> uh, it's going to sour our relationships with friends and family. But again and again, I'm sure we can all see examples of how money can take over our thoughts, our feelings, how we live our lives. So some personal stories. One that really sticks out in my mind fairly recently, this was less than two years ago, and indeed it was after I just discovered the FIRE community. And I was going out for a cup of tea, coffee with my friend, and I bought her a coffee because we were out together and wanted to have a nice time. But I had brought my own tea bag with my own cup, and I said to the guy behind the counter, I said, oh, can you just fill up that up with hot water? And this friend was absolutely mortified that I had chosen to bring my own cup with my own tea bag and ask this establishment just to fill up with hot water. Now, I'm sure that there will be some folks listening to this podcast that have done exactly that same thing. And there'll be some people listening to this, what's screaming in their head, thinking, what on earth is that guy down? What an idiot. So regardless, let's unpick this a little bit more. So this is case in point for me. It's verging way, way, way too much towards the Scrooge element of things. And I was going out for a coffee with my friend 
who I don't happen to see very often. Could have I afforded a cup of tea? Absolutely. Is it going to set me back on my my fire number or retiring early? Well, on a large scale, yes, it could make some, some impact if I'm going out for coffees day and night all the time. But the fact of the matter is, as my head said, save money. But my behaviour displayed actually really it hurt the feelings of my friend and it created some, some awkwardness. So this is case in point for me that sometimes you have to take a step back and really start to evaluate what are your priorities? What is the bigger picture? Not just thinking about the numbers, the fire number, the retirement number, whatever it is, but thinking about the bigger picture and how these moments of frugality or Scrooge behavior can actually deter you from living your life. And of course, on the opposite end of the scale, we have folks that are going out and doing this morning, noon and night, and they have their car lease and their their sofa that they've got on credit and all of the other things. And that's, that's not a great place to be either. So I wanted to share that personal story because it it sticks out for me. And what I'm pleased about, actually, from discovering this movement, personal finance, reading resources, hearing other people's stories, ironically, I have become less of a Scrooge. I've become much more intentional with my money. And when I was at university, it was kind of a running joke, actually, that my friends really cottoned on that I didn't like spending money on things that I deemed to be unnecessary. And I look back now and I I would change that. I definitely would change that behavior. And I don't want to be remembered as someone that had a hardened heart or was always counting the pennies. And that's behavior that I've really started to change in a good way. And what a surprise that actually by discovering this this finance community, one would think that when you're surrounding yourself around with, with people that are also saving money or on the same financial goals and, and like frugality or whatever it is, you would think that would make you more extreme, more of a Scrooge. But that's not the case. That's why I wanted to share these stories today to help you think about these things. If this is speaking to you, you've got to find some solutions because it's not going to change on its own accord. So let's think about some solutions in, in that case. And I think one thing that I, I really enjoyed is being intentional with language. And particularly when speaking to other people, this is very important. So a word like frugal or frugality implies that you're going to do everything that you can never to spend money, to kind of scrape by. And the word itself, I don't know whether it's a word that I like in particular, particularly when you're, I'm saying particularly a lot right now, aren't I? <laughs> when you're speaking to people that are not 
familiar with the personal finance community or FIRE community, this word will provoke thoughts of scraping by or getting that cabbage from the back of the fridge that's been half frosted over and you know, using things that are out of date and just a lot of stereotypes which perhaps aren't helpful. So being intentional with your language, I would argue, is a great place to start. So rather than being a frugal person, why not be an intentional spender? And that just puts a completely different slant in it for, for myself. So having a plan and a solution, being intentional about your language, is key. So if you are someone that's struggling with guilt and spending money, what is your solution going to be? So just a quick interjection, and I'm going to press the pause button. Beep. And just remind you, did you know that you can't leave a podcast review and it helps the podcast grow. I know it's the first time you're ever hearing this, right? <laughs> if you're feeling particularly lazy, you can just even leave a rating. That means you just press the stars. That also helps the podcast grow. As always, it's very, very helpful for growing the podcast and helping other people discover it. But another great way of doing that is sharing an episode with, with a person. So if you found one particular episode encouraging or helpful, pass it on to someone and share it. Anyway, let's head back to the episode now. Now, I know a lot of my female friends love to journal. They love to write down their goals to to have a little diary and stuff like that. And as a, as a man, I absolutely can't stand doing that stuff. However, I was listening to a podcast from the Maven advisor, Andy Hart, and one of the episodes, they were talking about having a plan for investing and how actually writing down your goals really consolidates your plan and your ideas. And what they went on to say in, in the podcast is if there's a big market downturn of 60% or whatever, you go back to that piece of paper and you say, oh, okay, so I'm not going to sell because that goes against what I've written down on this piece of paper and my, my long-term goals. And I think that's probably a great place to start in terms of guilt and, and spending. So if you set yourself some very clear guidelines about how you perceive money and where, you, where you'd like to arrive to, that's then going to start to inform your choices. And going back to my story earlier on. So in that coffee house with my best friend, my mentality, my financial brain was saying, well, why would you spend money on a, on a coffee or a tea? I don't drink coffee. Why would you spend money on a tea when you can bring your own tea bag and you don't have to, you just pay for the water or whatever and bring your own cup? Happy days. But actually, thinking of the greater good, <laughs> the, the plan beyond the plan that's very important indeed. And so in this instance, perhaps writing down those goals would be a good place to go. Also, accepting that this is not going to be an easy pathway. Your behavior is not going to change overnight. You're not suddenly going to start to be able to start spending 
money very liberally. If you've been saving, saving for years, as I used the example earlier on, 80% savings rate, you're not going to go to the next day after reaching your net worth goal and then start spending hundreds upon thousands of pounds. It's a behavioral problem and our behavior is very habitual. So one other aspect that I'd like to draw upon is approaching our behavior in a sensible way. When our behavior does become habitual, we create these brain pathways and it can become very very difficult for us to break out of those those habits so there was a fantastic book that i read actually about eating disorders and the author was talking about the power of brain pathways so for someone with anorexia or bulimia or any of those eating disorders for that person that it's such an emotional trauma, such a difficult thing to overcome that they cannot perceive that there is any other pathway for them to take. And what was very interesting about this book is it's very different to the other type of literature around the topic. Other books would say that, for example, if you have a problem with your your eating or a problem with your emotional well-being that would go back to uh, something deep within your childhood that provoked a particular memory and in order to overcome this you need to do step a a b c d e f g and then it may or may, may not change something and that was always the the kind of story that i thought about but in this book and it's called Brain Over Binge, if anyone is interested in, in looking at that. And of course, it's to do with uh, eating disorders, but perhaps it could be transferred or useful in other parts of life. This was a completely different approach altogether. And the author goes on to say that with this habitual behavior, you're creating these brain pathways that you cannot perceive that life would be different in any other way. But it is possible, she goes on to say, to break out of these pathways and to create new ones. And that's a real encouragement, actually. So when looking at this idea of guilt and spending money, if you are habitual, if you're always telling yourself, oh, no, I must not spend money because I've got to reach my financial independence or because of X, Y, or Z... You are feeding that behavior. And in that case, yes, of course, your, your actions and your feelings are not going to change. But if you are intentional about this and you come about this with a plan, you are able to start creating these different brain pathways. And I would encourage you to go ahead, read this, read this book, or at least listen to the podcast to to think about how this could start to inform your own financial journey if you are someone that's struggling with the idea of guilt. And lastly, I'd like to say, don't be a bad advocate for the FIRE or financial independence community. Like myself, if you're going to be that Scrooge person, are you really doing yourself 
and the idea of financial independence at a service. So, going back to the story of that cup of tea, in this circumstance, I probably was doing a disservice. If someone's seeing that and they've struggled with with debt for their whole life and they're used to living beyond their means, why on earth would bringing your own tea bag and a cup be appealing or relative to them at all? It's probably not. And I think we do have a responsibility to take these things seriously. Now, not everyone is going to adhere to the the rules of financial dependence or the guidelines of financial independence. It's not for everyone. But I think we should think carefully about the, the impact or influence that our actions have, not only for ourselves, but for society at large. And yes, we can't control what other people think, and we are free to be independent thinkers and to be free with our own actions as well, which is fantastic. But our actions and thoughts do influence other people. And I would like to be in the camp where, and certainly this is the idea of the, the podcast, where I'm encouraging people to say, you know what, if you don't want to bring your tea bag and your cup you want to buy your Costa coffee, your Starbucks, whatever it is, you go ahead because we're all different and we all handle money differently. But I really hope that you can find the way in which money works best for you and that you can move towards some long-term financial goals. So I hope this, this episode has, has at least given you some things to think about and some things to do as well. And it's a call to action and a challenge. If you're being feeling guilty about spending money, you really need to change that. This word budget, yeah, it's a horrible word. That's again, defining the word. That's something that you can replace. Have some more helpful language. I think that's it for now. I've started to waffle on a little bit. I'm sure by by next week we'll be going back to the standard oh, that's my phone the standard format of interviewing guests. Thank you for listening to me ramble on with my thoughts and as always look forward to seeing you next Wednesday for the next episode. I don't know who it's going to be yet. Uh, by that time I will be back in my flat in London. I hope with uh, with my new wife and seeing how how, how life uh, feels as as a married man and i'm sure that will provoke some very interesting conversations about sharing money joint accounts all of those different kinds of things which, which i'm sure we can discuss on the podcast so that's it for this week see you next wednesday bye now <laughs>